Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the Hawkmoon Weekly Lockout is a Mistake. Uh, if you're listening to this on any of the other platforms or you're watching on my other YouTube channel, there's usually a card up in the corner you can click at the beginning or the end of the video to join me on my live channel. SNTRlive.com will bring you to the live channel on YouTube where I stream. And be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com for new features and all of my content in one location. So this is obviously a discussion that you know is, is being had in the wake of the Destiny 2 Hawkmoon quest coming to its completion with the Harbinger mission. And there's many people trying different things to get extra drops of the Hawkmoon. So it's not going to be a lot of clarity in this video, but I'm going to do my best to make it clear what is going on. So if you grab the actual quest for the Hawkmoon, you're going to get two drops the first time you run Harbinger, and then after that, you're on a weekly lockout. You can, however, delete characters and get one drop every time it's completed. So many people have concluded you get two drops the first time. After that, every week, you're going to get one drop per week per character. Some people didn't grab the quest and can just infinitely get one drop. They never get the double, but they infinitely get one drop. They don't seem to be getting stopped by the weekly lockout. I'm going to walk through this this video and talk about what I liked about the mission, what I liked about the area and how they set this up and the random rolls and everything. But I'm going to fundamentally conclude that this was not this was not a good call to put this on a weekly reset. Uh, and I know that the spirit of why they're giving you two Hawk Moons is likely because one is meant to be sort of the updated version of what you already have in your inventory. Rather than updating the Hawkmoon that you already have and changing that question mark to an actual perk, they're just giving you two drops. One is sort of in the spirit of updating your existing Hawkmoon, and the other is supposed to be a, hey, you just completed the mission, here's your weekly drop. So, the Hawkmoon quest in Destiny 2 Beyond Light continued on January 19th with the Harbinger mission. The mission features some classic Destiny platforming, along with some new air Areas with enemies and many boss fights, there's feathers to find, and a final fight that drops two Hawkmoons per character with random rolls. The weekly lockout is the primary source of frustration with the community, as well as solo players that think the mission is a little bit too hard. So first, let's just talk about the mission before I kind of get negative and critical. I actually think the opening of the mission was pretty cool, except for the complete lack of direction for the jumping aspect. Jumping down on that tree, and then jumping over to the dam. Bungie is known for death walls and you-can't-go-there areas, and the real frustrating part about this was... All of these areas looked like places that you were not intended to go. It didn't seem like a puzzle. It seemed like they were sort of tricking us. And right now, Bungie has launched a lot of bugged missions. So, I mean, the recent history of them launching bugged missions, players were thought we were just prevented from proceeding, that something was wrong, a door was supposed to open. So everybody just kind of assumed we're dealing with the bugged mission given that the, the, the game up to this point has always sort of killed you if you tried to leave or go out of bounds or you jumped too far down a cliff and it's just like oh your character died a lot of us assumed that was going to happen so exploration and being exploratory was sort of out of the question so this kind of got solved by dumb luck I think people just started jumping and finding their way through it it would have been cooler if they would have put like a little bird down on the one branch that you're supposed to go for like wait are we supposed to go down there there's a bird on that branch that might have been uh, uh, I think a little bit of a better way to do it. Um, 
as opposed to it but as far as the, the jumping areas and how expansive it is and how cool it was to go to these areas we've never really been before I do think once we knew where to go it was pretty dope uh, going back into the dam areas was a fresh take on the EDZ areas and it continues to show Bungie can create good expansive spaces attached to the public spaces the mission really draws attention to how much of Europa isn't reused the, the, the Braytech facility we go back to fight that one brig way back on the tippity top of Europa and this is a very similar encounter and area we're going way off the beaten path and I like that at least there is some replayability of this mission because it is a brand new space uh, and mission and sort of and sort of place for us to go and explore and do stuff you know find feathers and whatnot the final boss fight is definitely not meant for a solo endeavor and when combined with match game modifier and the 1270 power level it proved to be a solid and challenging fight I think in addition uh, to the fights all the way up to the end it was a pretty you know challenging mission a lot of people are saying if you're running it solo or having a hard time take the arbalist in in there with you because the shields are one of the main frustration points in a handful of the areas my least favorite part is those stupid taken push plates that are in the boss fight i hate getting smacked around like i'm a uh, i'm a pinball in a pinball machine now let's talk about the loot uh, the concept of doing random rolls on an exotic primary is actually pretty cool they have indicated this is not something that they're going to continue to do with other weapons this is to perpetuate the luck factor of the hawk moon without bringing back luck in the chamber I actually think this is a pretty creative approach many in the community are already deducing what the best rolls are for PvP and are actively seeking to get the god roll as quickly as possible so it is having I think the intended effect it's something that people want to go and chase and they they this is something that they're desiring after this is what loot is intended to do there is however a per character weekly lockout that seems unnecessary as the season winds down Bungie can't seem to decide what they want to do with loot pursuit and destiny as they added so much intentionality and player agency in beyond light and season of the hunt they've they've given us a ton of control over what we chase how we chase it where we get it and and, and then this is like nope stop you can't come back I mean for, for the first time ever in Destiny's history you can continue to get raid drops beyond three times a week they've actually never done that in the past you could continue getting the currency in Wrath of the Machine but you weren't going to be able to use it to get extra drops or something you could open the extra chest it was completely voluntary but there wasn't sort of a a perpetual currency earn rate eventually you stopped getting it so when the raid exotic emerged with a low drop rate I actually said I'm okay with a low drop rate on that for a month and then institute the drop rate protection afterwards because having the rarity of the drop rate on a raid exotic makes sense it's a static role it's meant to be kind of tough to get I don't like what happened with the anarchy and the 1k voices but I do think for about a month having that low drop rate is sensible this is an entirely different scenario this is essentially a a random role pursuit and I know many people are going to push back and say but Lono the quest isn't going away the mission's not going away people can do this for literally an entire year I get that I hear you on that but when something like this lands with 20 something days left in the season it probably would be good to ramp up the generosity and the agency as I've said many many times generosity is not the enemy of engagement they need to not be afraid of being generous it's not going to make people play less it generally makes people play more the case I made earlier is there are people who play all along a spectrum there are people that would know life this 
and get endless drops. They're already doing that, by the way, by deleting characters. So you're not even stopping the hardcore players that a weekly lockout seems intended to slow down. It seems intended to slow down the more committed players because the more casual players will run it a couple times or maybe just once, and then they'll be kind of done. Whether you want to run it one times or ten times in a given week, a lockout keeps you from being able to play at the pace and the rhythm that you desire, and the hardcore players are getting around it anyway. If there's anything that we've continued to establish, it is that the loot is the primary driver and the passion of the community. So this this section's called Stingy Bungie. Like, Sunsetting got a lot of attention and negative press recently. Reissues got everybody wound up again, okay? Now we have a weekly lockout, and they all have the same thing in common. Player agency over their loot. We are really passionate about this. This is one of the primary driving forces of what makes people log in and play and what makes people care about the things that they're earning. Bungie needs to establish a baseline of generosity and loot delivery that isn't arbitrarily limited or strangled because it's confusing for the player. The Deep Stone Crypt loot agency versus Empire Hunts versus Wrathborn Hunts is just a very, very strange mix. The Wrathborn Hunts have the lure and that thing randomly lets you get the things you want, but then it lets you literally block out perks. It's a mixture of RNG and incredible control. It's kind of confusing. Then you have the Empire hunts. Then you have the Deepstone Crypt literally earning currency hand over fist in a really easy encounter, and then you can order six guns in a row at the end of the raid. There's not a consistent loot philosophy here, and that's where I believe some of the frustration comes from. Allowing players to chase something over and over is a lane that we look for anyway. Case in point, people are deleting characters in an effort to get more drops on the Hawk Moon, which is the biggest piece of evidence that Bungie needs to just lean into player behavior rather than fight against it. This is not the right call late season either because people are bored and essentially requiring them to log in each week as opposed to just letting them play at the rhythms and the intervals that they prefer is a really, really bad decision streams seasons are always going to wind down one of the best things to do during that wind down is to be really generous they've done this before i think they went a little bit overboard with the fractal line but the spirit of it is the same season's coming to an end let's have something to do to kind of kick it off go get as many rolls on this hawk moon as you can stomach running this encounter and then you get to end the season with a smile on your face instead of feeling strong-armed and coerced into logging in each week for three drops and then you got to come back the next week so We're going to transition to Q&A. If you're here live, don't go anywhere. If you're a member, you can submit your questions with the question command. If you're listening elsewhere, click that card up in the corner. Come on over to the live channel and join us. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the weekly lockout on the Hawk Moon is a mistake. If you're listening to this in any of their locations, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com will bring you to my YouTube channel where we do these live streams. Uh, and if you're supporting me in the, all the other places, I greatly appreciate it. So the first question coming in here from Chalk Doctor says, I'm personally not bothered by limited Hawk Moon drops per week since it's one gun. However, it shows that Bungie has not learned from players complaining about not being able to farm weekly missions or raid gear, besides Prophecy well, and Deep Stone Crypt, uh, is there any reason Bungie refuses to budge on this issue? This is why I was a little bit confused about it, and it was why I said 
that Bungie needs to establish a baseline of generosity and loot delivery that isn't arbitrarily limited or strangled because it is confusing for the player. They were moving more toward us with Prophecy Dungeon by allowing us to run it more than once per week per character, and they did, they did very uh, something very similar with the Deep Stone Crypt by allowing you to continue to run it to get the currency in order to have value transmitted to the player beyond one run per character per week. So, this was confusing to me. Um... And I know people are saying, like, you know, Eugene's saying it's okay to be a little bit more restrictive on an exotic. The difference here is everybody's getting the exotic, okay? The only thing they're restricting is the roles, which is why I have a problem with it. We are leaving the realm of exclusivity or rarity and we're going into the realm of micromanagement. I actually put these in two different categories and the example I will give you is I think it's okay for the first month to have the raid exotic have a low drop rate and then drop rate protection can start like in the fourth week or something. So the first, you know, for almost the entire first month of the raid being in the game it's a cool rare drop to celebrate but then after that drop rate protection is there to protect players from being for, for being stretched too far with their frustration levels this is in a different category they're giving everybody the weapon just because here's the weapon right they gave it to us a month ago and now they're giving it to you with random rolls they're not micromanaging the exotic they're micromanaging the rolls and that's why i have a problem with it because the rolls of a weapon is more related to and more intrinsically tied to the sentimentality of the player the desires of the player. It's not about, well, I would really like to get it, and if it would just drop, I would have it. It's it's completely separate from that. Roles on a weapon are subjective to the preferences of the player, which is why they should not be restricting this. So that's the best argument I can give for why this is a mistake. That I place those two thing, I place those two quality points in different categories. The rarity of an exotic when it's a static roll, awesome, really strong drop, and an exotic they're giving to everybody, and then you can go for random rolls if you'd like, and if you don't care, or you're happy with the one that you got, or you happen to be really, really lucky. Especially when you start crunching the numbers of probability of getting the roll that you want it really starts to become a problem in my opinion and so this is again why at the end of the video I said it's confusing for the player they've given us so much agency and yet the agency is also not consistent the deep stone crypt loot agency the empire hunts and the wrathborn hunts are all very very different wrathborn hunts exist in two extremes number one they will literally let you exclude perks from the gun when it drops that is a, a high level of control we have never had before But they also make it to where you might not even be able to get the thing that you want because the lure, when you charge it, might not have the gun you're looking for. It's it's very, very strange. That's two extremes on the loot pursuit. That would be like going to Varix once a week or day or whatever and being like, I really want the fusion rifle. And they're like, no, mm -mm, can't get that today. You can get the auto rifle or some armor pieces. Or you got to do it, and then maybe when you come back after getting the fusion rifle, the armor pieces, maybe then you can get something else. You see what I'm saying? Like, it 
to me that they're they're all over the place with loot philosophy right now it's like they're trying to give us control but there's always somebody in the room that's like yeah but we really want to make sure and limit it so limitations are random they just come in randomly and they're like yeah um you you can you can you can get whatever you want from wrathborn hunts and dictate the roles but you might not even be able to get the gun for you know four or five charges in a row there are people that will do that they'll charge the lure four or five times in a row and they can't even get the gun that they want but i but when i'm going for it i can literally restrict the perks so that i i i narrow i narrow the perk pool it's it's all it's all over the place it really really is and i think that that's why situations like this arise and people just immediately buck up against it and they're like why not just let us go for the freaking rolls like who cares you know what's what's the deal here each boss has like four possible loot slots then you need to lure for each one right it uh, just let me pick what i want from that and let people grind because again you are not micromanaging the exotic you are micromanaging the player's pursuance and preference to go for a particular role and eventually people aren't just they're just not going to do it they're gonna be like the math is too against me here everything is stacked against me there's no possible way i'm going to be able to get this done you know, there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to, that I'm going to be able to get this done. So they just cash out. They're like, I'm done. I'm not doing it. Next question is from Radical. Is a weekly lockout on a randomly rolled exotic weapon different than being a limit on pinnacle drops, legendary and exotic, obtained from other sources? Yes. I believe that the power pursuit is in a different category as well. And the pinnacle grind is honestly getting confusing too. I don't necessarily know if Bungie even understands what they're wanting to do with the pinnacle grind. Because what they're doing is they're continuing to expand it to other places. The pinnacle grind used to be extremely painful and it was really, really rare for somebody to actually hit the pinnacle cap. And now pinnacles are everywhere. You hit the cap and like every milestone turns into a pinnacle practically. And now they've just added another pinnacle. So I'm not even sure what if they know what they want to do with pinnacles. But I do think right now the the what they're what they're doing right now is is they're saying we're going to continue to have a weekly lockout on powerful pursuits or pinnacle pursuits. So that's why I'm like, well that's fine. That's already an established philosophy in the game. There is an established standard in the game right now that if you are trying to level up with powerful milestones or pinnacle milestones, there are lockouts on those drops. I I guess I'm okay with that. I'm probably not really okay with that long term because I think leveling is probably one of the silliest things in the game because they've taken it to a place where it happens so automatically. It's like, why are you bothering to limit this? Like, is that really what people are coming back for? I think there's plenty of other reasons to come back to the game week to week, day to day, month to month. I don't think that that is a, um, you know, I, I don't think that that is that that's that's a that's a thing that they need to continue to restrict. But at the very least, at least it's consistent. At, at, at least that's something in the game right now. Loot delivery and loot philosophy is not consistent right now. It's just all over the place. Now that's okay. Let, let me be clear about something. Every single NPC and every single loot pursuit doesn't need to be identical. Like, come here, grab this bounty, do it, get the gun. Like, we don't want to turn everything into the same mechanical, you know, method of acquisition. However, when we're talking about the the philosophy behind what they're doing, 
do we restrict it or do we allow people to continue to go for it that's a philosophical question the logistics of how that gets implemented is very very different the spirit of beyond light and season of the hunt is give the player more agency over their loot pursuit you can see this in empire hunts wrathborn hunts and the Deepstone crypt you can see that philosophy bearing itself out in those places and then you look at this this weekly lockout on the on the hawk wound and you're like I mean, I guess we're in new territory. You've never done random rolls on an exotic before, but you're practically giving everybody the exotic. What's the reason to make somebody come back week to week and cross their fingers on a three-card scratch-off? Check, check, check. Didn't get the god roll. I guess I'll come back next week. Unlimited chances, directed grinding, only layer of RNG should be the perk pool. There are so many permutations of stat distribution on armor and perk possibilities on guns. You don't need to restrict the player from grinding. I know there'll be extremes. There'll be people that grind like crazy or have or have gambler's luck, right? And they're like, "Yep, boom, got it first try," or "Yep, boom, got everything I wanted in the first two weeks." I don't think we legislate to those extremes. I think those are those are exceptions to the rule. The mathematical probability and the law of averages here is in their favor to say you can go as many times as you want, like really. I mean, who cares? Think of it this way. Let's say it takes somebody 50 times to get the god roll hawk moon that they want. 50 times. And they and they bang out those fifty times in the first two weeks. They do they do twenty five runs a week. They play seven days a week. They're running three or four runs a day. Three or four runs a day. It's just something that they like to do. They boot up in the evening. They bang out three or four, and then after fifty runs, they finally get the god roll. Okay, it takes them two weeks. Now, that is possible. That is that is hundred percent possible in the current system and the probability of getting the roll that they're looking for. Now, put that in the current system with the three chances a week. Does anybody does anybody want to grab a calculator real quick? I will. So, 50 chances divided by three per week is 16 weeks. Well, 16 and a half weeks. That's, that's over four months to get the role they're looking for. Do you see why it breaks down so quickly? Like as soon as you open up the possibility that can t- it can take anywhere from 30 to 50 runs to get the roll that they want and even that's pretty good. I mean that's that's decent luck. You're talking about you're talking about over 4 months before they get the roll that they want. They're just going to give up. With the perk being the most important part of the Hawkmoon, I don't think having a weekly limit is a problem as there is only one perk slot. What? No there's not Doge. What do you mean? No, all the things, the whole thing is random. There's different grips. There's different perks. There's different barrels. What you talking about, man? It's all of them. There's all kinds of different combinations you can go for. The math is not in your favor. If it was just one perk, then I might be willing to listen, but it's not. To play devil's advocate, it drops multiple hawk moons when you run, so the probability of the god roll is higher. Okay, number one, number one, 
you're you're not guaranteed to get doubles it seems like it's going to drop down to one drop per character per week even at two we're still talking about eight weeks instead of 16 weeks you're still talking about two entire months to get their god roll and that's if the number is 50 runs what if the number of runs is higher than 50 if it takes you 60 runs i mean we're talking about something that is completely conceivable in this system to take you 50 plus times to get the role that you're looking for it can't get a random roll on the mag is it always alloy if you want three specific perks you have a 0.2% chance that's 500 runs exactly that's so many (laughs) and doge I know where you're coming from doge they only care about the one perk here's the thing You're arguing for me and you don't even know it. If they only care about the one perk, then do you want to know what they're going to do? They're going to only do a couple of runs per week until they get that perk and then they're done. And that's exactly how it should work. That's exactly how it should work. They engaged at the level of their care, at the level of their passion and affinity, and they got what they wanted. And then you are going to run it until you get the absolute perfect role. You both walk away from the activity with the same feeling of satisfaction, and yet your engagement levels were dramatically different. That's why freedom is not a threat. Generosity is not a threat. It plugs in to the where the player is it allows the player to say I, I got news for you even the casuals that only care about one perk I wouldn't be surprised if they run it four or five times in a week and don't get the perk that they want they're probably pretty glad they could run it four or five times instead of three if they play four or five times a week and they sit down and give it one run through a night, maybe two run throughs a night, don't you see? You've automatically soured the content by being like, nope, run your three and then get the frick out of here. Go do something else. I don't know. I don't think there's a danger. What are we actually micromanaging at at that point? You're micromanaging the god roll. You're literally giving the exotic to every single person that runs it. You're not micromanaging the gun, you're micromanaging the god roll. And god rolls and good rolls are determined by the player's subjectivity, their opinion, what they play, what they're looking for, and the time commitment that they're willing to put toward it. Ashen Hollow with the next question. Uh, Does Destiny have enough depth, though, to be generous? Either the guns have a ton of perks that we throw our hands up at, low drop rate for high-end activities or weekly lockouts now you're getting at the point that I made yesterday and my sunsetting is not the problem video in my sunsetting is not the problem video I said that the foundational problems with this game come in two big categories uh, one category is quantity and the other category is depth okay now what you're saying is in line with what I said until we see greater depth and quantity that that generosity can become a problem i still think even in this system generosity is a better path for one simple reason people are going to stop playing no matter what 
So if I get to the third week of Deepstone Crypt and I feel like I got what I was looking for because it's generous and I can run it and use the currency and go for the rolls that I'm looking for and then I kind of like, I drift away from the Deepstone Crypt. That's better than going three weeks in, four weeks in and stopping playing the Deepstone Crypt because I'm irritated and I can't get what I'm looking for. Players are always going to take those breaks. They're always going to set the sticks down and take a while to be like, yeah, I'm going to go do something else. What's the reason that they're doing that? I still think even in the current system with a lack of depth and a lack of quantity, generosity is better because you're forming pathways of a rewarding experience, which is more likely to get players to come back. Which player is more likely to return to the game? The one that felt like those three or four weeks were rewarding and fun albeit shallow or the person who's like those three or four weeks were irritating I couldn't even get what I want and there's not much going on in the game right now so a lot of my player a lot of my teammates and clanmates are already are already taking breaks do you see it's gonna happen either way so I think even in the current system that we're in now generosity is not a problem or a threat at the very least, you're giving people a greater sense of satisfaction and reward while they're playing your thin content. Now, I said this earlier, and it's got to be one of the best... I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I love the way that this that I visualize this today. Bungie creates circles, and they need to create spiral staircases. Every activity is a circle. You just run in the circle, run in the circle, run in the circle, and get your rewards. Instead of it being a spiral staircase. You need to be going up the spiral staircase as you're running that circle and gearing up and going up. We were talking about intrinsic armor perks and set set bonuses on armor that imagine if there was really good rewards at the hardest level of empire hunts and you had been chasing Europa weapons and Europa armor because of set bonuses and perks and intrinsic things that would make those those empire hunts easier you're going up a spiral staircase now we also we also talked about you would really need a loadout system for that to function really well because you would create a loadout for trials and one for raids and one for empire hunts and it would feel worth your time because you're stronger you're more efficient the intrinsic perks and the value of the weapons are they're contextually powerful right and then you go up that you go up that spiral staircase and the hardest version of the empire hunts or in the case of the raid you do the normal, you gear up, there's intrinsic perks, there's mods, you're going up the spiral staircase, you're gearing up to go up. Gearing up to go up. You know there's a hard mode raid coming and there's going to be worthy worthy rewards and pursuits in the hard mode raid and you're kind of preparing for it. Bungie builds circles, they don't build spiral staircases. If they start building spiral staircases, that's where your depth is going to come from. And if you dump quantity on depth, it just works you're automatically going to have a healthier game at that point. More things to chase and try and experiment with to get strong and to go up and to gear up. And as you're going up that spiral staircase, you're feeling that sense of satisfaction with your choices, the gear that you've earned, the rewards that you've gotten along the way that are making you feel stronger and more efficient at the activities. And there's loot at the top of that staircase. There's something up there worthy of you, you know, worthy of your time and your pursuit. If they, if they don't start to take on that mentality of 
every activity needs to be turned into a spiral staircase of sorts we're always going to have this sense of the game feels so compartmentalized I run in this circle and get all the god rolls I run in this circle and get all the god rolls and then that's kind of the end of it there's no area that I go with them other than Grandmaster Nightfalls and even that's a convoluted system logically because you go into Grandmaster Nightfalls for the currency to min-max and you're min-maxing that's the destination for you once you're min-maxed it's it's like it you see what i'm saying even the one destination you could say like that's the place you're supposed to go with all your best gear the reward doesn't even honestly make any sense it's like you really need to min-max and max your character and get a really good loadout to go into grandmasters well what am i going to get when i go in there you're going to get more currency to min-max it's just like again it's just another circle It's a circle that doesn't ultimately go anywhere. Now that looks like it's changing with the Adept Weapons next season. There will be Adept Weapons that you can only get in Grandmasters. You will be able to get the Palindrome, the Shadow Price, and the Swarm in Nightfalls, but the Adept versions will be in Grandmasters. That's a step in the right direction. Because at least there's a uniqueness to that activity. But if they don't dial down the negative modifiers and make it such a slog, no one's going to want to grind Grandmasters for God Roll Adepts. It just isn't going to be worth it. Adept weapons don't have that much going for them right now. So this is this is why this is why depth and quantity is so much more important than sunsetting or any other rage red herring that's out there right now. East Coast Overlord, what are your expectations for Bungie's Hot Moon Drop fix? Well, I mean, it's they're they're not they've not indicated that it's a problem. They're not saying that like it needs fixed. They've not said that. They haven't they've not they've not indicated they're gonna fix it. If they were to fix it, I would just say let people run it as often as they want. Like it the first drops a pinnacle and after that you're just chasing roll you're just chasing rolls. That's what I would do. And Azuma Yaiba says when Joe Blackburn talked about armor changes, I got the feeling we are going to get set bonuses. If this is the case, do you think that there will be no more seasonal armor mods added? What happens to Warmind cells when all the Seraph weapons are sunset? You know, there's a couple of things they could do here. I mean, one of the one of the first things I would say uh, that they're that they're likely going to do. Um, one of the first things they're likely to do here is get rid of the Warmind Cell mods. Um, that's that's something that they might do. I'm not saying that they should do it. I'm not saying that because you could always add more Warmind weapons. Um, you could open those bunkers back up and you know reissue those weapons with new rolls or just maybe add more Warmind weapons since there was only a couple of them anyway. Uh, and they weren't all that great other than the, uh, the hand cannon. So they could certainly do that. They could certainly bring those back. Or they could completely rework the whole thing. Um, they could say, look, you know, that we're going to rework how this how this comes up. Um, you could have toggleable intrinsic traits. So when you get uh, you get seasonal gear or raid gear or something, uh, there's a toggleable intrinsic trait and you go and pick the one that you want. So they're not doing like seasonal mods and then you could do set bonuses like those traits get stronger if you're wearing three pieces, four pieces, you know, etc. So there's a couple of ways they could approach this. I don't honestly know what the best way is. Because Warmind Cells are fun. Charge with Light's fun. They could certainly do more mods like that that drive you to use certain weapons and change your gameplay. Um, 
but the the, the thing that they're going to have to do though is if they're going to make me chase armor if I can do it with any armor piece then it doesn't matter the armor itself has to have the value within it as he said in that quote all of our loadouts and builds come from mods not really the armor all you're ever really doing is, is replacing the armor piece well, these gauntlets, these boots, these whatever, they land in this stat distribution and this stat total. I need to find another one that's in the same ballpark. You find another one in the same ballpark, and then that's that's good enough for you. That you that you just swap it out. And the mods are what are what really determine your loadout. So what you would want to do is make it actually intrinsic to the armor. Did Blackburn post something? There was an interview about this. There was a there was a there was a Polygon interview where he indicated that um, the idea of armor not really being a driver. It's just like you go and chase it, and then you just swap everything out. What's really contributing to your loadout and your build are the mods. So when your when your chess piece is getting sunset, you're just going to go get another chess piece with similar stats and slam all the same mods in it. So it's it there's there's no he called it like gameplay novelty or something. They want to increase the gameplay novelty on the armor because at the present time there just really isn't any. The mods are driving the ship. So click fire. I know you think drip fed content is better with your no matter how you slice it analogy. I like that. You you know my pizza analogy, but do you think giving us access to the whole pizza versus one slice a week is a better move? from a physiological standpoint making the community feel like there is more to do I don't think you meant physiological I think you meant to put psychological anyway um, when you take the analogy and you use it in that way sure it seems pretty barren to come to something like you're going to get one pizza slice a week I was more of the opinion that I always use season of dawn as an example the first month, just imagine that Season of Dawn and the Sundial lasted 12 months instead of 3 months. What they could have done is all of the obelisks allowed us to unlock weapons. I think there were 8, there were 8 or 9 total weapons that weren't reskins or reissues. And they let you get 4 of them. And you spend those weeks leveling the obelisks, uh, getting everything kind of checked off and done, and then you're and then and then you go for those those four weapons as god rolls. And then in the second month, they put out new weapons. There's new weapons to unlock and grind for on the obelisks, and then new weapons to then go chase. So they they fill in the rest of those gaps. And then in the third month, they add hard mode, and hard mode has other elements to it that you've been kind of preparing for. So let's say that the sundial weapons are stronger in the sundial. There's intrinsic perks. Same with the armor. You're preparing for that hard mode. And then when the hard mode comes out, you could allow people to chase, I don't know, weapon augments or ornaments. Um, it would need to be something that's, a th- I think, a little bit more value than like, a, oh, I got the ornament, I'm done. That's sort of a binary grind, right? It's either a zero or a one, so you either get it or you don't. Having a spectrum on what's dropping would be good. The hard mode would need a loot driver. Now, the danger is a lot of people would say, oh, do adept weapons. Do adept weapons in the hard mode. The dilemma there is people just spent two months chasing god rolls, and then they go in to chase the adepts, and they're basically 
they're like, well, I already have a god roll of this weapon, so I'm going to chase another god roll of it that's adept. So they would need to consider how to do that, right? Maybe after you get so many adept weapons, if they're not the god roll you're looking for, you've broken them down, and you can then convert one of your existing god rolls to an adept. So you're always on the hunt for the god roll in the hopes that you get it, because if you get it, that's going to save you some time. Oh, I got a god roll adept. But if you get 10 god roll adepts, in, I'm sorry, if you get 10 adepts in a row and they're not good enough and you broke them all down, you can convert one of your existing god rolls. That would be respectful of the player's grind while also having the hard mode loot have its own intrinsic value of, I mean, you may get a god roll, you know. If you do it that way, yes, your question is sort of like, but Lono, that's that's spreading out the pizza too thin. You know, you're giving them one slice, this I just respectfully disagree. I don't think that that's true. I think letting people upgrade four different obelisks and there were four different weapons to grind for in the sundial. And then the next month, you kind of rejuvenate all of that. New, new weapons to unlock at all the obelisks. They go and they get them all unlocked. And then they go and they grind for all the god rolls. And now that they've got everything, they're ready for the harder version of sundial because you have intrinsic perks and benefits on these weapons. Because again, what you're doing is, is you're creating contextual power. Like I'm building a loadout, so this 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 mode is is uh, is more efficient when I go into the hard mode. Now, again, they're intrinsic, so the guns would be good in and of themselves. If you got like a god roll from the sundial, it would still be a god roll. But when you go into the sundial, it's like the primo. It feels better in there. I think they need to go farther with adepts. Sure, I don't I don't I don't I don't think adepts have quite gone far enough. But I do think that. That I that I believe is is so much better than being like here's the sundial here's all the weapons oh and, and hard mode's gonna launch in two or three weeks and there's no real reason to run it everything I just outlined is so much healthier for player engagement it's so much more enticing to continue to play it keeps people engaged for the entire season and you took the same amount of loot roughly because you would have to create some loot for the hard mode this is why I think every weapon should have an adept version. Because if every, if every piece of content has a spiral staircase that you're going up, once you get to the tippity top, there's an adept version. There's, there's an adept version. I think, I think that's, I think that's how you do it. Mr. Beast Burger has confirmed your order from DoorDash. We'll let you know when your dasher has picked up your order. Oh, did you win like a DoorDash thing from Mr. Beast? Or is Mr. Beast Burger like an actual burger joint? I don't know. I don't understand why you're showing us that distorted. <laughs> it's like a screenshot from his phone. Hawk and Rain says, was doing solo runs on the new mission and more and more since the script change ads run and hide. D1 ad ran at you trying to kill you. Why do they change this? I, you know, you may be exaggerating this because I know the Fallen do this and it's always irritated me. Oh, it's a new burger joint. Okay, it's actually a burger joint. Okay, cool. I was Is it tied to him? Is it, is it, is it a chain that he owns? Um, it might be too generic of a name to copyright, but it's an actual order I put in with showing chat. He has like 300 places. Oh, it's a, it's a, yeah, wow, good for him. I, man, what a risky, what a risky business to go into, dude. Food joints, even before everything happened. I just don't see them keeping warmind cells in a sunset world. They will find a way to completely phase them out. 
I, I happen to think that's probably something that will happen, Axe. Uh, uh, Eugene, yes. Um, so, as far as this, though, Hawk and Rain, I, 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 don't, I don't know if this is a common experience people are having. I didn't have that experience. Now, I do know the Fallen like to run and hide. They do. It's pretty annoying. But... You know, they're also, they also may be just smarter. I, I don't know. I mean, they may just be making them more intelligent. Like once they're low health or once their shields pop, they might go and hide. I mean, that's, that's strategic. Just having enemies stand there and face tank and plant their feet. You know, is that ideal long-term? Uh, it, people want the game to innovate, but then when it innovates, they're like, oh, I don't like the fact that the enemies aren't just standing there and letting me kill them. Seeker of Justice, if Bungie's goal and answer to sunsetting weapons is uh, an intention to make original weapons with original perks um, that can outclass older weapons, why are this? Why is sunsetting needed? Hang on. If their goal and answer to sunsetting weapons is an intention to make original weapons with original perks that can outclass older weapons, then why is sunsetting needed? I'm having a hard time understanding the question. Um, the sunsetting was instituted for two particular reasons reason one was we want to be able to make something crazy and then know that it'll eventually be sunset i don't think that they have done that yet i don't think that they have done that yet i think the guns in the deep stone crypt raid and the deep stone crypt raid itself were being built far too early to suddenly deviate and sh- and, and, and and move the rudder on the guns themselves I also think the Deepstone Crypt raid needs to have the same update that they did to the um, the 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 prophecy dungeon. Remember how they took the prophecy dungeon out and they put it back in for under the hood changes because of the script changes and stuff. I think they need to do the same thing to the Deepstone Crypt raid because the enemies just come out and stand there like a bunch of dum dums. They don't act right. There's something wrong with them. Like there there are sections of the raid that feel easy to an experienced player because it's. It's like if they can't see you, you're not there. They just run out and kind of stand around. They just literally stand there. I, I, I don't know. I think whatever they had to do to the Prophecy Dungeon, I think they're going to do the same thing at some point and even tell us, hey, we've done some updates to make the enemies in the Deep Stone Crypt raid to feel a little bit more threatening. Because I think that raid was too far along in development for them to suddenly rebuild it all with the script changes in mind. Like, I, I, more than likely, they had to do a lot to pit it to, to the Prophecy Dungeon to get it ready. Because the AI in Deepstone Crypt Raid, they literally come out and they just, they are dumb. They don't, they don't make any sense. Whenever I'm in the, the security, the Deepstone Crypt security encounter is probably the best encounter to show that. Because they just, they literally don't even come up to you. You try to wipe and you just end up waiting for the death timer because the enemies don't shoot you. Prophecy was already aggressive before Beyond Light. Right, Doge, what I'm saying is they couldn't leave Prophecy in because when they were going to have these script changes in the background, it was probably going to make all the ads act stupid. And so they're like, yeah, we got to make some under the hood changes. That's why they couldn't leave it in. I don't think it was just the Scion bug that got fixed. There would be no... They had to pull the whole... They got to pull the whole dungeon out of the game to fix one bug? No, I don't buy that. 
I think at a ground level, the AI in the Prophecy Dungeon was going to do the same thing. They were going to run out and stand there like morons, and everyone's going to be like, what are they doing? They even said, if you go into some old areas, the AI might act strange. We don't know that, though. Well, I'm spe- like I said, I was speculating. I think that's why they did it. I think that's why they said if we go into old areas, the enemies are going to act strange. I think that's why the enemies act stupid in the Deep Stone Crypt raid. I think the raid was too far in development, and they have to go into the background and fix a lot of that stuff because of the the questing and the physics script changes that they made. I'm not saying factually, yes, this is indeed what happened. I'm speculating that that's what it seems like is going on. The Deep Stone Crypt raid does not feel like a raid with regard to the enemy's pathfinding and applying pressure. They're just, they're just dumb. They just come out and stand there. And I think if they wouldn't have fixed the prophecy dungeon, I think the same thing would have happened. They would have, that, that script change would have corrupted the way the AI behaved, and instead of being super aggressive, they were all going to stand around like dum-dums, and it would have been way more noticeable in Prophecy Dungeon because it's known for aggressive ad behavior. thing with the raid is it uses the same AI as strikes. They aren't as aggressive as dungeon AI. But has it always been that way in raids? My experience with raids is they put enemies on a path, on a pathfind. And they march toward you. They always do this. Like, you're meant to hold certain places, and they're meant to apply pressure to that place. They did it in King's Fall. They did it in Garden of Salvation. It's just what they do. And it's like, the, the aggro in the Deep Stone Crypt raid is like non-existent. They all run out, and then they just kind of stop. And it's like, what are they doing? Now, if they see you, sure, they start to come, they come, start to come after you. In Garden of Salvation, enemies were a joke. Well, it's because they're Vex. Vex have never been that threatening, truth be told. But at least they're moving toward you. I'm not saying they felt threatening, but they're moving toward you. And when Contest Modifier was on, it was kind of tough. You know, Minotaur gets a little too close and bops you on the head, or a couple of those ads are spraying you. You know, I don't know. know. All enemies, all raid enemies in D2 have been that way besides the Prestige ones. The Cyclops and Gambit says otherwise. I don't even I don't even know what's going on in Gambit, Greg. I don't even know. Something that Gambit is like stepping into the upside down. It's like what is happening in here? The enemy's accuracy, target acquisition, aggro, their aggro reach, you're light years away from stuff and it's just shooting you in Gambit. It's super weird. Gambit's got to be one of the weirdest environments in the game, truth be told. If you start trying to like figure out what the enemy's going to do and how fast you're going to die, like I don't know what's going on in there. I think the Deep Stone Crypt feels different, not on a, not on the fact that like the enemies aren't a threat, but that the enemies literally act dumb. You see, there's a difference, right? We all get to level, and the enemies aren't really a threat. The hobgoblins that were sniping us day one in Last Wish in the, in the Riven rooms, they're nothing now, right? You two tap them, but on that day they were tough. We were all under leveled. You were getting absolutely sniped by them. They've all been that way. They've not been an, like, there's not an enduring threat that, like, trash ads stay in that lane and they're always a threat, but they're not dumb. The Deep Stone Crypt enemies, they are dumb. They don't apply pressure. They walk out and stand there. Now, if they see you, sure. Like, the, the, uh, the Shanks, the Shanks in the, in the replication fight, uh, in the Atrax fight, 
Sometimes they're pretty accurate and pretty frustrating. But by and large, I think from beginning to end, the only reason the ads are more threatening in the final fight against Tanix is because you have nowhere else to go. They're literally right there. Of course they're going to see you and shoot at you or try to punch you. Like, you're all guarding like a 10-foot space. You're in like a boxing ring. There's nowhere else for them to go. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm overstating my case, but the last couple times I played the Deep Stone Crypt raid, I was like, these ads are literally the dumbest ads I've faced in the game. I feel like strike ads are more aggressive and shoot at me more than the the Deep Stone Crypt enemies do. Arnold, considering that most hawks are quite good, I think some people who think that they need to farm the god roll is due to top players' influence, like peer pressure, when they don't actually need it. It's not really a question, but certainly, yes, Crucible videos and Crucible streamers are having an influence here. They put out a video, they put out a statement, and they say, this is the absolute best role, and then everybody wants to go and go for it. Um, that, that, that is a hundred percent a thing that happens. Um, I, I, but I do think in general, there are, there is a, there's a breed of player that will go for the absolute God role and they don't really watch YouTube. They don't really care about any of that. They might even go to Reddit and just be like, what's everybody think the best role is? And they do some math testing and some crunching. And then they decide that they think XYZ is the best role. And then they go and chase it. YouTubers and streamers are always going to have an influence on what people chase and what people go after. Sure. But I think by and large, there's literally a breed of character in destiny that that's what they go for. Like they, they like they want the best of the best. They're collecting the best roles. Um, it and it also depends on the person. Like some for sometimes, like I didn't even understand the 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 actual nature of roles in D one until somebody explained to me. I would just get guns and use them, and then I slowly started looking at the perks. You know slowly started getting at that, you know, and, and, and getting into like, I want the best perks. I want the best roles. I, I, I slowly started dipping into it and I was just, it was out of frame for me. I didn't pay any attention to it. I would get a gun and be like, feels good. And then just use it. The concept of a God role wasn't something that I ever even looked at. Now, part of the reason that that is, is I spent most of my uh, year one experience carrying around a vision of confluence and the vision of confluence, as you know, was a static role. So the best weapons were statically rolled. So the idea of like chasing a God role wasn't really on my radar because I was running a VOG weapon for, you know, nine of the, the first 12 months that the game was in existence because it just felt great and I liked it. And so it was just a different time back then and players evolve. I think more and more players as the franchise has gone on have evolved to the point where they're like, I want opening shot. They like the little sound that it makes. They know that it helps and they, 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 they have an affinity for uh, that as a role without ever stepping foot on YouTube. Alpha Guardian, would you like to see a system where hitting max power would unlock a higher difficulty for planets and destinations, double XP, champions throughout, uh, continuation, have champions that have a low drop chance rate of exotics? This is this is in the spirit of what I was talking about earlier, where Bungie builds circles instead of spiral staircases. You're building a spiral staircase, right? Like, and I've said this very many times. Once you get to once you get to level cap. I think the entire game should change. I think leveling should be more automatic. 
leveling should be more automatic and a lot easier to obtain max level because I don't think it's content. Um, the content creators always complain and moan that it's too easy, but they also know life the game for an entire week and they've never struggled to level up. So as soon as you hit level cap, the whole game should change. All the milestones should turn into daily targeted items. All the NPCs should have new things available to you. And then you would start to pursue. It would essentially say, you know, hey, congratulations on hitting the new seasonal cap. All these things are available to you now. And so instead of a milestone on strikes, it's a daily targeted item. Every time you run strikes, uh, you know, one of the new Vanguard items has a high drop chance that day. You know, the Xeno class shotgun or they're adding two more. You know, and oh yeah, Gamut's got a high drop rate chance today of the uh, of the grenade launcher. And so when you would like highlight the little hoppers instead of seeing like a little yellow star for the milestone because you didn't, listen, they also need slot leveling for this to work because if you've achieved max level, then all your slots are at max. You don't need to get a bunch of infusion fodder because that's got to be one of the dumbest grinds I've ever even considered doing. Well, I need infusion fodder so I can make all my weapons the same level. Dumb. Not content. No value. That's not what we need. Go to slot leveling. I'm max level. I don't need infusion fodder because every slot is at the max level because I earned it. And then there's daily targeted items. So every day you boot up the game and you're like, all right, what's the daily targeted item today? Where do I want to focus my attention? What do I want to work on? You know, oh, there's these new bounties and pursuits. There's these loot boons that I can get from the from the NPCs now. Or you know, I uh, I'm I'm leveling up faster at the NPCs to unlock these seasonal perks and benefits. We already get primes at 1260. So why do I need pinnacle grinds? I just open up targeted grinds. All the dailies become useless and weeklies. We already get primes at 1260. So why do I need why do I need to do pinnacle grinds? Just open up. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. I mean, I don't even know what to do with the pinnacle grind. I don't even know why it's there anymore. I, it, it, I don't know. I, hitting max level and suddenly having everything turn into a pinnacle, it, it just, it, I don't know. It felt like a punt. It didn't feel like a true solution. It just felt like a, well, here's, here's a reason to run that activity now. I, it, it's like, what? It's like, no, you hit, en- you hit power cap and now you can do all this stuff, you know? I think the pinnacle grind, I think the pinnacle grind just needs to go away. It's stupid. It's got to be one of the thinnest pieces of value I've ever seen. An extra 10 that doesn't matter as soon as the new season comes around and it takes you almost the entire season to get it. Like, what on earth? Like, that value is so see-through. It's nothing there. It's it's literally just to keep people busy. Just running in a hamster wheel. Neither should the artifact power. If the artifact power capped at 10... It's fine. It's passive grind for casuals. Leave it alone. You know? Pinnacle grind is a relic of before sunsetting was introduced. Indeed, uh, intended to be an extra 10 each season. Yeah, but as time has gone on, they just made it... They've, they, everything's a pinnacle now. Like, you hit max level and everything's a pinnacle. I got close to pinnacle the one season I wasn't even trying to. It was just happening. I just enjoyed running the strike milestone, the gunsmith, and the vanguard bounty milestone. I was doing roughly three milestones a week. And I was raiding every once in a while. Maybe. Was I? I can't remember. No. I don't remember what I was doing. I was getting close to Pinnacle Cap and I wasn't even trying. I wasn't even trying. It was just happening. It was just like, well, you know, periodically going into stuff that had been turned into Pinnacles. It, it, they, it doesn't even make sense as a grind anymore. Gold Magikarp. 
would you be happy with contents first season to have weekly lockouts then after that open it up with a contents first season I think do you mean first week like like if there's like a season like the first week they do weekly lockouts listen I, I just don't think a weekly lockouts needed anymore it's if if you really want me to swing at it and really go go huge rant lono rant on it it's an archaic concept from destiny one that needs to die what's the point there is no reason to lock out anything we got to slow their leveling down why who the frick cares if i want to just keep running strikes to get powerful drops until i hit max level leave me alone and let me do that what am i hurting by doing that like the weekly lockout is an import from vault of glass the idea that hitting max level they locked you out a week at a time why because that was literally the only thing keeping people going the idea that they just needed a pair of boots to drop forever 29 it's it's so outdated it's a fossil of a concept now, if you want to have weekly resets, sure, the modifiers rotate, the bounties rotate, you know, the activities shake up. That's fine. Week, weekly weekly resets are fine. I agree a weekly lockout isn't needed, but it keeps us playing. I don't know. I, I don't think it does. I, I, I think, again, let's go back to what I originally said in the video yesterday. If they start building spiral staircases instead of circles that's depth and if they increase the quantity of, of how much loot's added to the game then you don't need to lock out anything the trick is is to do what we just talked about a little bit ago like I gave the example with Sundial don't give us all the dadgum loot in the first month the loot and the activities are around for an entire year save some of it for the second month save a hard mode for the third month space the stuff out and then get rid of all these stupid lockouts and let me run and get and gear up and master it all and, and, and invest in it all and get ready and then there's new stuff in the next month and then there's a hard mode in the third month weekly lockouts are like I said I think they're archaic nonsense that need to go away it doesn't make sense it really really doesn't the only thing I could see you doing is with places like the dungeon or the raid where you can keep grinding for drops and slowly but surely your pool gets larger but you can't get any new drops after your first run I would say that's okay because it's still in the right spirit and it's in the right lane it's in the spirit of like you can keep playing if you'd like but the actual new loot drops aren't going to update until next week and until that happens you're just kind of sitting there like okay I'm just going to keep rerunning it for the things that I've unlocked for the things that I've uh, for the things I've punched out it's like a punch out system it's like every week you come back there are there are new chances and new you know new pieces of loot that could drop it keeps us playing that is a fact once people hit all the caps and have acquired everything they stop playing you remove the 10 levels of pinnacle and remove weekly lockouts good luck but like I said just a little bit ago, if they add quantity and depth, your your statement isn't true. Don't you see how we're settling for less? If we're like, no, weekly lockouts keep us playing, Lona. We need that. We need those guardrails. It keeps us on the path. What are you talking about? Ask for more. We need more loot and we need more depth. That's it. 
if we don't do that, we're always going to be in this weird conundrum. Again, also consider the other thing that I said. Stop giving us everything in the first month. Space it out. Space it out so that in the second month and the third month, you have some capital to spit out. You blow it all in the first month, then yeah, you are right. Weekly lockouts do help. And yeah, and a lot of people don't stop after hitting power cap. Like, I just, I'm, I don't know. We asked for more, though, and Bungie smacks us with the ladle. I don't think that Joe Blackburn interview about increasing the reward team, adding more loot in Witch Queen than we got in Shadowkeep and Beyond Light is, a, is, a, is smacking us with the ladle. Drip feeding is fine, but not to this extent. See, everyone, I think, misunderstands drip feed. There's a difference between spacing out your capital and micromanaging the player so they keep coming back. I, I believe that they are wholeheartedly different. A weekly lockout is micromanaging the player so you, you coerce them into logging in each week and coming back and trying again. It's a form of passive coercion to get the player's will to bend to what Bungie wants us to do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about saying, hey, don't dump all your loot in the activity in the first week. I've also talked about you have to have rotating bosses, so the activity changes week to week. At least have four different bosses, so your first month there's always something changing each week, so it's a little bit fresh and a little bit exciting. And then in the second month, you add some new weapons. And then in the third month, you add a hard mode. Like, that's not drip feed. That's just intelligent use of capital. It's also not micromanaging the player. It's like, no, this is what we're doing in the first month. This is what we're doing in the second month. For me, it's like, did we really have to drip feed the exo challenges? They had no loot tied to them. If they led to another dungeon, sure, but it's like, meh. I think drip feeding, they would have been totally fine, Greg, if it was a focus grind, if there was a, if there was a specific drop at the end of each one. And you spend a whole week, new exo challenge, master it, get fast at it, grind it, go for the drops, celebrate the drops, and then next week's a new one. Without loot, stuff like that falls apart. Always. Always. The good thing is, exo challenges is the only part that is like that. Like, Empire Hunts, and the Bounties at Varix, and the Wrathborn Hunts, and the Deep Stone Crypt Raid are all very, very good at respecting the player's intentionality and agency. But they had nothing, so why? Well... We know the answer why. Quantity of loot was too thin and they would they want to rectify that. So the hope would be if you're going to put more loot in Witch Queen than we got in Beyond Light and Shadow Keep, the hope would be that activities like exo challenges don't end up in this weird valley of like what's the freaking point of this? If they could if they could basically reach into the future and pull that new team into like the Beyond Light prep team, I wouldn't be surprised if Exo Challenges got loot. They just they 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 admitted they were like we didn't have enough loot and we don't have enough people to do it. We want to make that change. We're committed to the expansions having a whole lot more loot. I thought the Exo Challenges were dope, but like as soon as I realized there weren't any loot attached to them, I'm like, this has got to be one of the dumbest things ever. What's the point of this? It's another Ascendant Challenge. Cool environment, cool challenge, do it once, bye. Throw it over my shoulder. Not to mention, I talked about, they create circles instead of spiral staircases. You spend a month dribbling out, like, here's each, here's each week an Exo Challenge, go enjoy it go run it, go try and get a god roll go try and get a good drop, and then what do you do in the next month? Come on you know what I'm going to say you know what I'm going to say 
hard mode. Like, you do a hard mode of each of them. It's an option. You'd go run the hard mode, and the loot that you got from the Exo Challenge helps you in the Exo Challenge. You know, maybe it pops the crystals faster. And you got a reason to run it, because there's cooler versions of something in there. There's other weapons, there's other drops in there, whatever. Bungie needs to be, stop being so scared about, like, putting better loot and harder content. Shell. Why did Bungie think it's, they're so animate in stopping us from rerunning content? Deep Stone Crypt shows how they understand that we want to rerun content. I don't have an answer for you, Shell. I even said, if you compare the Deep Stone Crypt loot agency and, and Empire Hunts and Wrathborn Hunts, it's all over the place. It's all over the place. That's why I said, Bungie needs to establish a baseline of generosity and loot delivery that is not arbitrarily limited and strangled because it is confusing for the player. We don't know which way's up. We don't know why they're doing what they're doing. There's no consistency. Player control and player agency is all over the place. Some places, it's like they're they're coming right up to us and shaking our hand and being like, here's exactly what you wanted. And then other times, they're like, frick you, come back next week. It's like, I don't understand. What is this? Next question is from Clickfire. I got to go a little bit fast. We're running short on time because we got to go to the other channel. Do you think Bungie hiring more people uh, lately could improve their bandwidth and could be felt in future seasons? I mean, this is a bit of a softball click fire. This kind of, yes, of course. Yes, that's the goal, right? Do you think them having more people will result in more bandwidth? That's You're asking, do you think them having more people will result in them having more people? Like, that's the whole point of them. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but come on, brother. Like, this is kind of a gimme. Um, and we have an answer from the interview. We already have an answer to this question from the interview. Blackburn said we're not going to feel it until we get closer to Witch Queen. It's just going to take a while. They got to get the people in, acclimated, trained, a part of the pipeline, acclimated to the project, the, the project leads, the project management, it, you, you, hiring and getting people into the into the bandwidth pipeline of a company this size is uh, it's it's not like a, a snap of the fingers. Uh, Z Logic, do you think Bungie should use the transformative perk in future exotics? This could be their answer for the question of how to make more recluses. Imagine the cloud strike grind with random rolls. They said they're not going to do that. I think there's room for other pr- exotic primaries to have random rolls because I think it's a fun pursuit, but they said that's not the intention. This was something to maintain the luck factor on the Hawkmoon while not bringing back luck in the chamber. Reaper. Lono, do you still see Luke Smith as Bungie's Moses, taking the franchise into the promised land? Asking this how, uh, since it's been two months in Beyond Light, keep up the great work. Man, I hate to get Sunday school on you, but it feels really analogous to the story of Moses because everybody complained the whole time and thought he was stupid. <laughs> they quickly forgot. Um, I'm not trying to make this too too deep of an analogy, though. Like, I still think he has a good vision for the game, and getting there isn't going to be the flip of a light switch. They have made so many background changes to this game. Script changes, rebuilding environments, gutting the game, getting rid of things, instituting sunsetting. I just think no matter how they shook it, these changes were going to be painful and we weren't going to feel their immediate value. That might seem like blind faith, but I'm like, everything he's talked about, everything he's talked about and things they've wanted to do, I see them moving in that direction. I do. I see them moving in that direction. So it's like, I don't feel like it's a bunch of empty promises. I sense the rudder turning. 
the rudder turning doesn't mean that we're already at the paradise island it means we've shifted the boat in the direction to land there again i don't think there's an idyllic utopian destiny that we're going to land in eventually i think it's always going to be in some of these restricted you know areas of like there's only so many activities and so much loot they can add there's only so much destiny you can stomach and there's only so much destiny they can give you but like as far as getting there he talked about year four improving on all these things he didn't say beyond light's going to improve all these things he said in year four these are all the things we're looking to improve upon i gotta give him until witch queen to make good on a lot of that stuff i don't know feels like somebody stole the rudder 18 months ago i think that's just completely inaccurate and disingenuous it's like no I can't do this every time people throw out glib, glib uh, reductionist platitudinous statements. Like, I can't. I can't do it every time. I can't recount all the quality of life improvements in Shadowkeep, all the quality of life improvements in Beyond Light, all the good things they've done in the game since they broke with Activision. I can't give you that laundry list every time you want to throw out some broad stroke statement. I can't do it. It's exhausting. With him at the helm, good things have happened. The game is in a better state than it was at Vanilla. It's in a better state than it was in Forsaken. The droughts are significantly smaller. The game's in a healthier state than it was in D1 with 10 months of nothing. With him at the helm, the game's improving. Not at the rate that you want, and there's decisions he's made that you don't like, but to act like it's a rudderless game coming apart at the seams is hyperbolic nonsense. That's just not true. It isn't. Reddit drama and crying and whining and content creators quitting is as predictable as sunshine in San Diego. It's what they do. We're not in new territory. We get here every single time people get bored. We have the same conversations every 12 months. It's it's the nature of a game that can't give you enough. You play at a level that they can't give you enough. So we have the same conversation every quarter, every year. They don't know what they're doing. The game is at a make or break point. This is a make or break point for Bungie. The day the game's going to die if they don't get this right. And it just keeps chugging along. I I, I don't know. I, I got to move on because, again, we're, we're running out of time. Do you think Bungie overlooks these things because they are catering to a different audience? If they cater to a more casual player base uh, who don't care about grinding, like some on our Discord, and they just want a weekly ritual, it's easily uh, overlooked. I always feel like this is the wrong line of thinking, though, to be like, who are they catering to? I I I don't think a weekly lockout is necessarily catering to anybody. The game right now is not catering to casuals. The Deepstone Crypt, like, loot logistics, the loot logistics of the Empire Hunts, and the high set armor, and the difficulty, and the legendary lost sectors, and that exotic grind, and the way that the Wrathborn Hunts work, none of that caters to the casual player. Those are all grindy, super intentional loot pursuits. All of that is catering to the hardcore player. Like, I know you're talking specifically about this one thing, but I don't think anybody can look at Beyond Light like, this is so casual. No, it's not. Every single loot structure that is in the game right now, Empire Hunts, Deepstone Kip Currency, the Light, the, the, the Wrathborn Hunts, all of that is influenced by hardcore grinders who pursue god rolls. All of it. Do you think casuals influence the raid currency decision or the Empire Hunts for high stat armor or the legendary lost sectors for directional, you know, directional pursuit of exotics or, or the way the Wrathborn Hunts lets you exclude perks? None of that came from casuals. It's all input from us. It's all hardcore. 
The game is not casual. It may be thin. It may lack substance and quantity, but it's not casual at all. Virtually every quality of life improvement they have made to player agency and loot intentionality came directly from hardcore loot grindy god roll chasing hardcore players. There is not a single, there is not a single casual player that ever asked for the loot agency that we have right now. You're living in a dream world if you think this game is built for casuals right now. It isn't. None of this stuff lands on them. Excluding perks? They don't even know what most of the perks are! I play hardcore games. This is one step above a mobile game right now. I know you're gatekeeping the term, you know, hardcore because you're just being an elitist. Within the context of the conversation that you keep leaving, this game is catering to its more committed players. If you want to gatekeep hardcore, so be it. Tattoo it to your arm and I won't use the term anymore. The more committed Destiny players and their input over the years heavily influenced the quality of life improvements in Shadowkeep and Beyond Light. That's a fact. None of these improvements in player agency decisions about loot intentionality came from casuals. It came from the more committed Destiny audience. Nobody that plays at those intermittent casual levels asked for any of the things that we got in Empire Hunts, Legendary Law Sectors, Wrathborn Hunts, and the Deep Stone Crypt, which is literally all of the content in Beyond Light. I don't understand how anybody can look at this game and keep posturing that. I know Lightly wasn't posturing that. I do not think this decision with the Hawkmoon was catering to casuals. I don't think so. They are micromanaging our behavior at the end of the season so that you log in every week. That's why they did it. That's why. My friend Ashton's a casual. He didn't know Wrathborn hunts were a thing until yesterday. Yeah, I don't want to get lost in the weeds of this debate. Again, we're running short on time. We're running short on time. The only reason they did this with the Hawkmoon is so that you log in each week. That is why they did it. They're manipulating you to pad out the numbers in the part of the season that gets dry. And that's why I don't like it. I feel it's manipulative. Last question from Akuta Papa, Devil's Advocate. Is it okay to do this because the Hawkmoon doesn't sunset to have people chasing it for a while? This is a, this is a fair made point, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I think you stretch a player to the breaking point if they go beyond a month grinding for something. I think after a month you lose them. It's just too long. For one weapon, it's too long. There's a sweet spot. When they land in the second or third week, they should probably be walking away with the gun they're looking for. It shouldn't take a month. You get beyond a month and it's just like, what in the actual frick? In the second or third month, what am I doing? I'm I'm still chasing a god roll Hawkmoon? Why? Why? This happened with Anarchy. This happened with 1K Voices. People like, no. People did it for Anarchy. Oh, barely. I gave up on Anarchy. Plenty of people gave up on Anarchy. A lot of people threw the towel in. A lot of people. Why? Their raid teams lose interest. All their lucky buddies start to give up. They're like, I already got the Anarchy, dude. I don't don't want to go back in there. I'm sick of that raid. I am really sick of that raid. I'm telling you. You you can't. You, You stretch people too far. That's why I said with raid exotics, after one month, you do drop rate protection. Make it rare and cool and mysterious for a month, but after that, for frick's sake, give people the dadgum weapon. What are we doing? What are we doing? That was a fiery rant and a great back and forth to end it with. You guys know I love the back and forth and the disagreements. It's always fun. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always join us live at sntrlive.com. If you're in the audience, don't go anywhere. We're about to switch gears to something else. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.